0: yeah basically i have three four days left to pack so i'm fine you have plenty of time four days is like right because like how i like the way i pack is i start a little then leave then go back and then like if you really do it like just at one time it probably only takes like an hour or less than an hour yeah maybe i should just do that
1: I think it takes me, depending on where I'm going, like I'm going Mm -hmm. to Connecticut this weekend and I just packed and that took 10 minutes, but that's only like for two days, not even a day and a half.
0: But like we'll be gone for nine days. But I always like when you have to pack and like not pack winter clothes because it just saves so much space. Yeah. And the shoes. I'm excited about that. And I got, uh, it's the first time I'm using it, like, this giant suitcase was part of, like, a wedding registry gift. Oh, fun. So it has all these pockets, so I'm pumped for that. My last giant suitcase was, like, super old and didn't have, like, the wheels that spun all the way around when you're, like, walking quickly in an airport. That makes a big difference. Yeah. An upgrade. You, you
1: know you're an adult when you're excited to use a new suitcase. Mm-hmm.
0: And it got a great deal on it, I feel like.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Whatever, whatever makes anybody's trip easier.
0: Right. Oh, I found uh, I had to get more like comfy walking shoes. So basically like slip ons, Mm -hmm. like ones. I feel like they make like nicer ones now. So they're kind of like cute. Like you could wear them out at night if you needed to. But like also like comfortable, like Dr. Scholl's types. So I found a few of those, which will be really good for walking around, like, Paris. Like, I'm like, I'll maybe bring some cute, like, sandals, but probably no heels, I don't think. <laughs> that seems intense.
1: I mean, you could bring, like, one pair of heels to, like, if you guys go out and you want to, like, dress it up. Yeah,
0: I know. Like, there's probably going to be a point where we won't need a walk for, like, an hour or so in that kind of situation. It might not Perfect. be that annoying.
1: Yeah, or if you, like, go out to a nice dinner, you might want to bring, like, a nice pair of shoes. My
0: drink. (gasps) Yeah, get all of the- everything you need before- actually, we're recording, but I'll cut this out. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it doesn't matter. I feel like I can't really hear anything when you walk around, so. I don't hear anything. We have this, like, rug that's probably, like, three inches thick, so that might be why. It's from my parents' house. They're like getting they've been getting ready to move for a few years. So they're like, want this old rug we don't like, and I'm like, okay, sure. cuz coincided with us moving into a house. So <laughs> we have this like it's not quite shag carpet, but pretty thick pile. So the cats really like it, but I'm not crazy about the pattern. It's kind of, like, 70s-ish geometric, but Mm -hmm. it's not from the 70s. I think my parents got it in, like, the (laughs) mid-2000s, so it's that kind. If it works, though. Yeah, like, we both have wheelie chairs, and you don't really want that on hardwood, so, like, it's fine for now. Rugs are kind of pricey, like, you wouldn't really think about that. But, yeah, when I had to look them up, I'm like, okay, wasn't expecting this.
1: They're so expensive like depending on where you go it's like i do i want to buy a rug or do i want to be able to like eat anything but ramen for three
0: weeks what what do i want to do yeah especially if they're like nice quality like then they're even more it's your beer dave just handed me a beer i'm guessing it's a stout Mm -hmm. is it trillium Mm -hmm. (laughs) how would you rate it it's good I think that's like a five on the dave <laughs> scale i don't know this one gives me like a headache if i have two of them so mm. so like a four no i'd give
1: it like a six <gasps> high praise from dave <laughs>
0: six <laughs> out of a hundred
1: <laughs> <No. laughs> all right everyone welcome back to another episode of oi with the terror already i'm one of your hosts sandra
0: and i'm your other host
1: danielle And we are back trying to quickly record before Danielle goes on her honeymoon. Yes. Which is next week. So yay. (laughs) Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to like see Paris and stuff and to like see photos and everything. So living vicariously through you guys for the next like two weeks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping COVID worsening doesn't really impact things for a bit because it seems like that's happening now, but we haven't heard any updates about how there are a lot of regulations with having to go to France, so it's probably fine for now. Yeah. But yeah, so very pumped to finally be going. We're going to Paris, Avignon, and Nice, and I found this, like, uh, they're not a travel company, but they're a company that connects you to local travel companies, to where Mm. you're going, but yeah, so I've, I used them and they connected us with like two different options for like people who can basically make an itinerary for us and book like things to do and have recommendations where to stay, restaurants and everything. I was like, this seems like it's necessary for like a honeymoon. Like when I feel like a classic honeymoon is going to an all-inclusive resort. But if yeah. you're doing something like more like sightseeing, you don't really want to have to like figure out what you're doing every single day. Yeah. Like, I like planning, but I was fine with not having to do that for this. So having someone do that for us was pretty nice. So hopefully everything turns out well.
1: Yeah, I also feel like if you go in with like, you definitely know you're going to do like one or two things like how we did for the Salem trip, like we knew we were going to do that tour that made everything else kind of easier because we could, like, plan a day around it and, like, figure out what worked best. So I think, like, even as something as simple as that, just having one or two things just makes it so much easier.
0: We do have technically two free days, but one of those days is us arriving in in France, so I don't know exactly how, like, lively we'll feel. I'm hoping to, like, just sleep on the plane and not be jet-lagged, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Usually I don't get, like, really jet-lagged bad so i've always found and it's not fun
1: during the process but it does work if if you just stay up until like nine o'clock at night like their time and then go Mm. to bed and then get up kind of early like around seven yeah
0: yeah. you don't want to take a nap when you get there because then you'll wake up at like 2 a.m and be like what am i doing (laughs) yep so yeah, I'm get- that's why I want to just try to hopefully sleep on the plane, so I'll be like, maybe not totally normal, but not dead. Like yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's the goal. But um, so we have basically I guess two free days in Paris. So everything else or something planned, but like that time we can decide what we want to do. So just planning that pretty much. Does
1: this company also offer like group things too, where like you can sign up with like another group um, of people or is it just like individual? So that's
0: one of the reasons why I use the castles. You can like specify, because I knew I for sure didn't want a group travel thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've done it before in the past with my parents and like it's not terrible, but I just like thought I like for a honeymoon vibe. Yeah. I didn't think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it could have been fun, but I was just like, I would rather try to do a private thing. So, there are a lot of different types of, like, private guided excursions. Like, Mm -hmm. the company we're going with, it's not like we're going to have someone with us, like, 24-7 type thing. They're basically just kind of like booking activities for us and made the itinerary and then, like, helped plan. Oh, we're going to Avignon and Nice. So, like, this is a train you would need and then book the tickets. So basically got the like stressful part of Mm -hmm. vacationing in in another country done. But it's not like we have someone with us like all day, every day, because that would kind of be like a lot too. So. Yep. Yeah. 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 it's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, they might do like group tours as well. But I was just looking for not a group tour. So I'm not sure. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah,
1: that'll definitely be fun for you guys. I'm but, excited to hear about it.
0: I guess it's kind of related to my ore of the week though, so I could uh, get yeah, started. <laughs> you wanna if you wanna go first, go for it. Okay. So yeah, so I was notified at Target on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm that <laughs> so like i got a text i mentioned uh i think in the last episode that i recently started working at a new company mm-hmm. so i got a text from like an unknown number like a contact i didn't have on my phone and it's a group text and then there were like three other unknown numbers i didn't have in my phone either and it's basically is like oh covid outbreak at the office we'll be working fully remote next week blah 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 and i'm like okay i'm assuming this is my new company (laughs) like who else would just so yeah so i'm like oh no covid outbreak and uh, i only went in the office luckily the week before once but yeah like last i heard there were eight people who had it and i think it's increasing so i'm like oh no honeymoon that's a lot of people so dave's been like Yeah, Dave's been working from home this week, just like to prevent any yeah any additional thing. But yeah, I guess it's things are increasing again. So it's sad. We've had like a few,
1: but like mild cases. So they've really just Mm. sent us an email saying, "Hey, someone from this office or the other one, like either no." either was near someone that had COVID or has COVID and has symptoms.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if you're concerned, email us and I'm just like, I really wish you could tell me who it is. I don't not to like I don't want to like embarrass them or anything, but I'm like, I just want to know like if I've been in contact with them.
0: Yeah, they they should tell you who it is. They don't tell us who it is.
1: Yeah, that's the downside. They don't say, which is like there's only so many people that go in the office. So I'm like, I can narrow Mm -hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, like, I just want to know, like, if I've been near them or if, like, yeah. you know, how much I've interacted with them. Yeah. I Because like, we don't wear masks in the office because, like, we don't need oh, to. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So, but if you get it, then, like, there's, like, certain protocols you have to follow. So we'll see. But we've only had two in the past month. So it hasn't mm. been too horrible.
0: So I'm hoping it stays down. And I'm hoping that they're okay. I mean, I think it's kind of inevitable that, like, everyone's going to get it. But just, like, I would like to not get it for another two weeks. (laughs) Get it when you come back. I know. Don't
1: get it. But, yeah, we
0: didn't, like, at my office, I didn't know there was any outbreak or anything going on until Sunday. Like, we didn't get any messages before then, like, oh... There like any warnings or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like don't go to work next week. But I had a meeting with my boss, and it looked like a few people were in the office. Like he was in, and the CEO was in. So I don't know. Maybe they're just like, oh, a handful of mm-hmm. us can go. <laughs> yeah,
1: like a certain amount can come in because
0: your office is pretty
1: small. I feel like.
0: Yeah, it has. So it's basically they like own a small building, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they have their own space, but yeah, it's pretty small. There are like two floors. And I've only seen like at most maybe, I don't know, 15 other people. in the, But it's kind of like you can tell it's an old office. They're moving in July. Yeah. And it's like kind of outdated. <laughs> but like you walk in and there's this like one big room with cubicles and then like offices kind of surrounding that but then like if you keep walking back there are more rooms in the back so it's kind of like closed off-ish I guess so like where I was sitting I only saw like five or six other people in that area Mm -hmm. but there were more people working like in the back rooms and downstairs and stuff Yeah. so yeah I don't know it's just like oh no it's increasing again while stay stay home until monday (laughs) (laughs) and then he my boss i don't know if it's because we're moving in july or because of the increase he made a comment today like oh yeah we'll be working remotely more this summer like let me know what types of like hardware you'll need so i was like interesting (laughs) so i haven't heard any official update from my company yet so i don't Mm -hmm. know but yeah Well, keep me posted. (laughs) Mm.
1: So what's your oi? So my oi is also kind of like something spooky that happened to me. So I was at my friend's uh, apartment on Tuesday, and she lives out in the Medford area. And um, oh, yeah, this is also Bridget. So hi, Bridget. She Mm -hmm. said I could say her name. So (laughs) she's been texting me these past like, I don't know, like a couple, like maybe like a month, I don't know, a month we started, like we were chatting about something and she's like, did I tell you about the ghost in my apartment? And I was like, no, you did not. Like what's been going on? So she was telling me how they're having really weird things happen in the bathroom, like one night. So she lives with her girlfriend and they have a cat and a dog. All four of them were in the bedroom one night, like month to six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then Bridget, like they were watching TV and just like hanging out or whatever. And then Bridget heard something in the bathroom and she looked at her girlfriend and she was like, did you leave the bathroom sink on? And she was like, no, because they were just in the bathroom a few minutes ago, like brushing their teeth, getting ready for bed. So Bridget goes into the bathroom and the sink is, like, full blast going, like, the like to the point where it's, like, it's backing up. So it's, like, starting to, like, Mm. fill the sink up. And she was, like, what the hell? Like, what's happening? And then I guess something happened around Christmas or Christmas Eve where her grandmother gave her or gave her mom, like, her gift and her mom gave it to her. And it was just, like, you know, cutesy, like, grandmother type stuff, like a scarf. I think there was, like, a necklace, like, stuff like that. And she, put, she leaves it in the bag, and she puts it by the door of her bedroom. So mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, they go to the family, and they come back really late. And the door, they have to lock it, but they lock it from, like, the outside because their dog will get in, and he'll destroy shit. Or he'll, like, the cat will get in, like, some some of, one of the animals will get in. So they go, and her girlfriend enters the bedroom while she's, like, mm-hmm. in the kitchen or whatever, and she sees the door still locked so she unlocks it because they have like a hook and eye lock on the outside and mm. she looks because the door also doesn't shut very well so that's why they have the lock so she looks down and she sees bridget's christmas gift the bag is completely destroyed like completely ripped up like all over like the floor and she just looks at bridget and she's like did you come in here And Bridget's like no i haven't been ho- like i've been with you i haven't been in here yet and she's like, well, mm. can you explain this? And we're just like, I can't explain it. So, like, there's no way for the cat to get in. There's no way for the dog to get in. So, weird stuff like that where I'm like, okay, sure. Like, well, maybe it's, like, her grandpa. Cause her grandpa recently passed away. And he, like, would like to play tricks on people or, like, kind of prank mm. people. And I guess he would always leave, like, the bathroom sink on. So, like, little stuff like that. So, she's telling me this on Tuesday. And then we're sitting there her phone alarm goes off for, like, something because she had to do something. Her phone alarm, just so, like, you can get a clear idea, is the beginning of Circle of Life from The Lion King. So it's, like, the nod, whatever, like, very loud. Mm -hmm. You know it. When you hear it, you're like, that is The Lion King. And then she turns the alarm off, and she just looks at me, and we keep talking. 30 seconds later, we hear what sounds like a piano. Like, playing a couple of notes mm-hmm. and we both look at each other like please tell me you heard that and she's like yeah I didn't I was like do you have a piano and she's like I don't have a piano I don't know what that was she's like nothing in my house or in my apartment like makes that noise
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it played like a very like specific melody mm-hmm. and her girlfriend was in the other room on a zoom call for like a bridal party thing so Bridget texts her and is like did you hear anything and her girlfriend's like, "No." So when her girlfriend was done, she came out and she's like, what were you two talking about? And we're like, did you hear something that sounded like a piano, like playing like a weird like melody? And she's like, I didn't hear anything. She was like maybe 400, 500 feet away from us, like in the next room. Like she Mm -hmm. should have heard it because it kind of came from her where she was sitting, but she didn't. So the entire night we're just looking at each other like we can't we can't explain this. And it's like when we were talking about what was going on. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my spooky experience is hearing creepy piano music playing in an apartment that doesn't have a piano or neighbors. Like they don't even have neighbors above them or like next to them. <laughs> Where does she live? She lives in Medford. Oh, okay. it
0: like an old house type? It's like,
1: yeah, it's like a split level, I think. Then like their apartment above, they which is vacant. And then they have their apartment, which is the floor below hmm but mm-hmm. yeah no one lives in the apartment above like we were like trying to wrap our brain like thinking like well maybe that was like it wasn't a car yeah. horn like it wasn't somebody playing music because nobody was going by at the time and it came mm-hmm. from inside the house that is all i know Interesting. so that you is recognize
0: smart. what song it was
1: no it was like this like it was pretty but it was like this pretty like random melody where i was like what the hell is happening so, I think it's her grandpa mm. just trying to, like, mess with her <laughs> because that is the only explanation I can come up with, but she's not sure. Yep.
0: Mm. Yeah, ask her for updates.
1: Yeah, I'm going to text her and be like, because I texted her Wednesday at work, and I was like, did anything weird happen after I left? And she was like, no. So, like, okay. cool, great. Ugh. So... But before we left, before I left, I just like looked around and I was like, if there's a spirit here, do not follow me home. And she was like, you're ridiculous. And I'm like, you don't know. I'm not bringing anything home with me. (laughs) So. Mm, Unless it's the spirit of a puppy. It could be. I don't.
0: Then you'd want to bring it home.
1: Yeah. They did put their cat down or one of their cats, her girlfriend's cat down last year. But I don't know. She was supposedly, like, a good cat, so I don't know if she would be up to the
0: shenanigans that this Mm one is pulling. Well, did you get any allergy reactions, allergic reactions? I took Zyrtec, so I was good. And I did not pet the cat. Maybe it doesn't work. with. It doesn't matter if it's a ghost cat.
1: (laughs) But I don't know if I would get an allergic reaction to ghost cats. I feel like that's a no. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because
1: they're kind of, like, I don't see the hair, so, like... (laughs) I don't think so. I don't know.
0: Just like an amorphous form.
1: Yeah. So that's (laughs) that's my story this week. Spooky, oy. Yes, very spooky. Interesting. All right. So, have you heard of National Paranormal Day? I don't think so. Okay. Apparently, it's legit. I heard about this, so National Paranormal Day is actually on May 3rd, so it was earlier this week, it was on Tuesday, and I heard about it from a Facebook group that I follow for the podcast Real Life Ghost Stories, not an ad, just love their podcast, and I was really curious, because I've never heard of it before, like, I didn't know it was a thing, apparently it's been around since, like, 2009, so it's still, like, relatively new, But there are some people that, like, do take it pretty seriously. Like I said, it is the unofficial holiday of May 3rd, um, and it celebrates and it actually encourages discussion of paranormal activity and investigation. So basically, like, if you've ever experienced anything, like I was just saying, you would share it with your friends on that day to celebrate the day. The history of it is that essentially for thousands of years, people have actually been claiming to see, have experience, hear things in some form or another that were pretty much impossible to explain. But these reports over time have been carefully documented for the past few hundred years. There was an American writer by the name of Charles Fort, who is perhaps the best known or one of the best known collector of paranormal anecdotes. He actually compiled at least 40,000 notes on unexplained paranormal experiences, and he is also considered by many to actually be the father of modern paranormalism, um, which is the study of the paranormal. He has reported events that include teleportation, uh, poltergeist events, falls of frogs, fishes, and inorganic materials of the amazing range. These also include things like Unaccountable noises, crop circles, explosions, spontaneous combustions, levitation, UFOs, and the list just kind of goes on and on. He is also most likely the first person to explain or try to explain strange human appearances and disappearances by the hypothesis of alien abduction, which is an idea that has definitely caught on in the even the past, like probably 100 years and despite the extremely wide variety of these different paranormal events, they do have something um, that is in common, and that is that they lack the rep- reproductibility of empirical evidence and they are not amenable to science investigation. so I know it's I said earlier that it was or national paranormal day has been around since 2009, but it really was created in 2015. And it really was created with the idea to help people give some thought of the things that are difficult to know and understand in the hopes of learning more about the universe that we live in and all of its dimensions, oddities, and unknown. So just to give everyone an idea of a little bit of a timeline, paranormal research actually got started back in 1881. And it was during this time that people actually began to get more serious about paranormal activity. The world's first Ouija board was created in 1890. The Roswell incident happened in July of 1947, and for those of you that don't know, the Roswell incident was a UFO incident that created a a sensation like no other with the speculation of alien activity following a U.S. Army Air Force balloon crash. The Society of Physical Research began in 1950, and this is an organization that is in the UK, and it was created to understand events and abilities commonly described as psychic or paranormal. There was a famous supposed alien abduction back in 1961, and this happened to Betty and Barney Hill. They revealed that their startling encounter with aliens through hypnosis. Harry Price's biography of A Ghost Hunter was published in 1990. This was authored by Paul DeBory. And in this book, he tells the story of Harry Price, who is a well-known British parapsychologist and psych researcher or psychic researcher the Atlantic Paranormal Society was founded back in 2004. This is an American organization that is based in Rhode Island and began after the founder, Jason Hawes, started to have like personal experiences with spirits. This also led to Ghost Hunters being... Air- or airing Ghost Hunters back in 2004, which is... Obviously, everyone kind of knows Ghost Hunters, but it's the TAPS team that go to places and look into paranormal hotspots, so to speak. I also was able to find some National Paranormal Day kind of by the numbers. So apparently one in five is the number of Americans who believe that demons definitely exist. 24% is the percentage of Americans who believe that supernatural beings probably exist. 13% is the percentage of Americans who believe that vampires definitely exist. 2007, was also the year that Paranormal Activity was released, and I should have said that earlier, so I'm sorry about that. One-third of the number of Americans who say they have personally experienced the presence of a ghost or spirit. Fifteen is the number of seasons of the hit show, television show Supernatural, for those of you Supernatural fans. And twenty percent is the percentage of women who are more likely to believe in the supernatural than men. And then one other thing I wanted to bring up was... Um, there are actually other National Paranormal Days around the world. So uh, one of the more well-known ones is a holiday called Fasching, and that's in Germany. And it's Germany's spin on Carnival, and it happens on November 11th. There's also another pretty famous one in China, which is the Hungry Ghost Festival. And that happens the 15th day of the seventh month of the lunar calendar, It's not really spooky, but it's very respectful uh, towards the spirits and ghosts who live among us. Hopefully, I'll be able – I might do an episode a little bit later on that as well. Hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to see if you knew what National Paranormal Day was because I didn't, and now I do. So, new holiday for me. But um, I thought the facts were interesting as well and just kind of the timeline of a lot of the stuff um, was interesting too. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) okay i told you my part was gonna be super short
0: (laughs) what is the day
1: may 3rd yeah you would think it'd be like october you would think i don't know why they settled on may 3rd but they did i don't know if it has to also do with like no because like cinco de mayo doesn't make sense either day of the dead would make more Mm -hmm. sense but really like tacos yeah (laughs) and i wanted to do that for this week because it was a few days ago so Mmm, it's timely. Mm-hmm. Totally found by accident. Had a completely different idea and then saw this and was like, this sounds good.
0: Yeah, that's how it usually happens for me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm curious about your story since we did not share
0: hints. <laughs> I know. So I have no so idea. You're going to know one of mine. I think I told you what one will be. But okay. um, the one I'm going to do first in this episode, it's slightly longer, like short, but longer than the other one. But it takes place in France. So I was like, oh, I'm going to <laughs> France soon. I'll do this. Sure. That's a good idea. <laughs> I found it on an article called, like, Most Bizarre Crime Cases. So it was, like, interesting. So it's basically another con man story. All right. I haven't done one in a bit, so I thought I'd throw it in the rotation. So I've always been fascinated with con people and their ability to make others believe something that sounds like a concept other people could never be convinced about. So this is an example of that situation: a con man who brainwashed a wealthy family out of their home and fortune, and it takes place in France. By the end of the con, an aristocratic French family was convinced that they're they were lost descendants of an ancient society. They thought Terry Tilly a master spy was their only friend okay so please excuse me for any pronunciations that sound bad i'm sorry this just sounds like today's equivalent of like those
1: chain emails that you get where they're like send this nigerian prince like thousands of dollars or something
0: it made me think of the the tinder (laughs) swindler guy yeah because it'll, like, make sense later on. But, yeah, it's just, I was like, oh, my God, this reminds me of him. But, yeah. So, I don't know if I'm going to say any of these names correctly or a few of them, but this might sound not good. Okay, so, the Vadrines Vedrine, were a wealthy family of French aristocrats. They were educated and cultured and had prominent jobs. They were active in their upper class social circles. They owned numerous properties, including an ancestral chateau in southwestern France. Between 1999 and 2009, they lost everything to a con man. Wait. 11 members. This is in 1999? Yeah. Okay. -hmm. All right. Daw, Tim and Georgia are standing next to each other with their tails intertwined. Ah, they're so cute. Yeah. They're gonna be so mad when we're not here. We're getting the cat sitters, which I think they like at this point. It seems like Tim loves them. Georgia's not so sure. So get there. <laughs> Georgia just looks like she's trying to fight Tim's butt. So eleven members of the family were swindled by Terry Tilly. This included the matriarch Giamet de Védrine, her children Gilon, Philippe, and Charles Henri, and two brothers' wives, Christine and Brigitte, and five adult grandchildren. As previously mentioned, these people were educated at prestigious institutions, and this made it even more surprising that they were able to fall victim to Terry. To put things into perspective, Charles Henry was a successful obstetrician. I looked up what obstetrician means, and it's a doctor that helps deliver babies and take care of pregnant women. Philippe was a retired Shell Oil executive. Ghislaine was a director of a French school. When Terry Tilly entered their lives, he convinced the prominent family to sell seven of their properties, including an ancestral home. As of 2013, the family was living in social housing in France. How did this man manage to lie to the Vadrines family until they fell into into group paranoia? And I never knew that group paranoia was a term, but apparently that's what happened to this family. So Ghislaine was the one who introduced this mysterious man to her family. He was an ordinary-looking fellow in his 40s. He was also an actual born liar and often bragged about his fake powerful connections. During his court trials, Terry is described as a small man wearing a black polo and frameless glasses. Ghislaine described him as being uncharismatic when they first met. Despite this, he was able to enchant the Vadrines family. Terry told this prominent family he was a descendant of the Habsburg monarchy of Austria. He slowly made his lies more and more outrageous until he told the family he was really a master spy, a secret agent, and was sent to warn them of their imminent danger. Terry told the Vitrines they were descendants of an ancient society called the Balance of the World. He also told the family they were currently being spied upon by an evil network of Freemasons, some of which included their own family members. The family responded by secluding themselves in their chateau and stopped speaking with anyone besides their new confidant. Christine, a member of the family, said if she were told about this on the outside, she would not believe it herself. Terry used manipulative techniques to brainwash the family, which led them to feel confused and frightened. Charles Henri left his medical practice, and Christine left her social circles, shunning all of her friends. The con man controlled the family's movements and their daily routines. They spent endless amounts of time in dark rooms at their castle, and the clocks had been removed, so they had no idea to tell how much time had passed. This went on for five years, When the family, where the family felt terrified to leave the estate out of fear of getting murdered. They became known as the recluses of Mon Flanqui. The family was then convinced that Terry needed money to help protect them. And they said, at this point, I was getting Tinder Swindler vibes. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) So the family gave up their savings, sold their jewelry and properties in order to pay for their protection. Terry was not always at the chateau, but he made sure to keep in constant communication via phone calls and emails. Jean Marchand, Galan's husband, was one member of the family who grew suspicious of Terry. When he tried warning the others, they actually banished him from the property and told him he had 30 minutes to pack up his belongings. Galan actually divorced Jean Marchand, when Terry told her that he was a member of an evil society who was targeting her family. The family moved to Oxford after they continued getting more attention from the public. Terry convinced them to live in small houses, and they took up odd jobs. They gave all of their earnings to Terry. They worked as gardeners, swept floors, waited tables, and worked in kitchens. So at this point, it gets darker. Terry told the Vedrines that Christine knew a code for a bank account that would give them important information. She did not know anything about this, but her family proceeded to torture and abuse Christine. She was beaten and locked in a room for months with limited food. Christine was finally able to flee and went to the French police with her incredible tale. Terry was arrested in 2009 in Zurich. The other family members were deeply brainwashed and it required a team of professionals to persuade them of Terry's true intentions. He was sentenced to eight years in prison, but this was later increased to 10. He was found guilty of arbitrary detention using violence against vulnerable. Vulnerable people in abuse. It turns out that he did not work alone in this extravagant con, and Jacques Gonzalez was con- sentenced to four years in prison. Once the Vidrine's family got what's about them, they tried to reclaim their ancestral home, but it was too late. The French court refused to cancel the sale of the castle, and it had found a new owner... Christine wrote a book about this traumatic experience called We Were Not Armed, and it's available on Amazon. So that is a story of con man Terry Tilly. That's crazy. hmm And it also just shows, like, how
1: vulnerable people can really be. And just, like, how, like, manipulative people can be. But
0: yeah, just like, Yeah. Just the fact that obviously con people targeted wealthy people because like that was their goal to get money. Yep. But then it's like, oh, how could they be fooled? They were educated and had power. And then it's like, oh, if they can get fooled, anything's possible. <laughs> like, yeah, we can all be fooled. Yeah. Wow. So it's like a, but yeah, it's like it's almost like he used their ego against them because it's like. Oh, of course, we're powerful enough to want to be a target to this crazy plot. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, how highly did they think of themselves that they were convinced of this? (laughs) Is what I was wondering. Well, that's when
1: it is like the Tinder swindler when he's like, my enemies are after me. You need to pay me
0: $250,000. What enemies? Oh, yeah. And he was basically like, grooming the girlfriends like it went on for a while before he would pull that like he was actually in like relationships yep. with them basically like i don't i forget exactly how long this con guy was with the family but it seems like he started off with like innocent lies and then they just grew and grew so he was yeah. doing it for a while to like get their trust that's what con
1: artists pedophiles mm-hmm. like they all do it but, yeah, I didn't realize it was, like, 1999 to, like, 2009. Right. I thought it would be in, yeah, like... Yeah, people are still a thing. <laughs> but I thought it would be, like, you know, like, the 50s or, you know, yep. like, 1800s. I don't know. But but I guess if he was in jail for 10 years, that means he's probably out by now. So.
0: That's true.
1: If he was sentenced in 09, then. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it was, like, the trial was, like, a few years after. But interesting definitely
0: not what i where i thought it was going but it never is <laughs> and i like to do that so thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Boy with the terror already we usually release new episodes every thursday you can find us on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts and everywhere else you find podcasts follow and like our posts on instagram and facebook one is Oi with the Terror Already, and another one is Oi with the Terror Already <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Send us stories and say hi at Already at gmail.com. See you all next week. Bye.